Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war All right. Welcome, friends. Happy everyone is tuning in today. A lot to talk about today. I'm getting back sort of to basics and talking about what a lot of us nurses on the show talk about, which is the vaccine debate. Really interesting stuff coming out, as there seems to always be day in and day out. But not sure if you guys have heard Joe Rogan's latest podcast with uh, Kennedy Jr. on, with RFK Jr. I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast here and there. I think he has a great variety of guests on his show. I appreciate how Joe has sort of been this voice of critical thinking over the last three years. He has not been afraid to ask important questions. And while he still has kind of entertainers on and maybe people that fall into a category of being non-controversial, he has also taken the plunge and had people on that by today's standards or maybe even standards by which the elites or the theys of the world would like to categorize people as controversial. And I value that in him. I love his approach when he is talking to his guests. I think that he offers them a platform that maybe they would not normally get, especially amongst all of our censorship and things that have been happening over the last few years. And I also appreciate the fact that he will have opposing viewpoints. So let's take the vaccine debate, for example. We obviously know where RFK's position is, especially surrounding childhood vaccines as well as the COVID vaccine or the COVID, I guess, mRNA, um, experimental gene therapy. But we know his position on that, and it is one that's been called anti-vax because, of course, that's the label that everybody gets if they ask any questions or if they just simply read any of the literature that's out there and available for people. But to the other side of the quote-unquote debate, he will have people on as well. He likes to give everybody a fair shot at telling their viewpoint, explaining their position, educating us on what they know, what they've found. And I think that that is great. That's the whole point of debate, especially when it comes down to science, if you will. Science is really sort of this, well, it can be in a way evolutionary until something is proven steadfast, but he likes to explore other ideas, concepts, from people with the information to sort of support those ideas and those concepts. And 
if you haven't listened to this episode, I can't stress this enough. I, I really encourage you to listen to it. It is, it's about three hours. So it is lengthy. They also video record it. So if you want to watch, I think sometimes that can be more enticing or easier to get through a long program if you have visual along with the audio. But what I will tell you is this, this is the beauty of this interview is that it goes so far beyond politics. In fact, really, as far as politics are concerned, I don't know, maybe even dare do I say this should be what we talk about when we're talking about politics. These are the issues that people want to understand about their candidates and about the people that are being potentially elected to represent them. And all of the issues and all of the topics that Kennedy talks about, he has taken his position. And the reason why he's taken his position is because of years of research, years of practice, years of legal work supporting all of these efforts that he has put forth. And it also comes with years of trying to be provided with information to the contrary of his position. And no one seems to be able to provide him with what he's asking for. And I find this to be so interesting. Here's the other thing I'll say, just if we're talking about sort of politics, you know, because he is a Democrat and he is hoping to be the Democratic nominee. And when I hear him talk, and I did talk about this on a previous show where we, I kind of went into my ideas about the presidential race for 2024 and whom I thought was going to, you know, maybe get the nomination, maybe some surprises. And when I was talking about Kennedy, what I really think needs to sort of be thought about are all of the moms like myself who have been ostracized and who have been name called and who have sort of been mocked and mimicked and talked about behind our backs because of incredibly well-researched and educated choices that we have made for our children. And based off of those decisions, our children are thriving. Like we do not see in our children the things that we see in children that are vaccinated, whether they are partially vaccinated or fully vaccinated. And to finally have somebody who is as well-known as Robert Kennedy is, who is on this mega platform, who then also went on another mega platform, being the Joe Rogan show, and literally took the position of standing with us moms. He, he has done enough and seen enough and researched enough to understand where we are coming from. And it was incredibly validating to hear him talk about not only the need for more people to pay attention to what we're saying and to investigate the things that we are simply just asking people to investigate, like just read, just read a vaccine insert, pick one, pick one out of the 72, I guess, there's 72 shots, but they're like, you know, 16 or 17 different 
um, diseases that that these are trying to prevent. But just just pick one, you know, the MMR or your DTAP or your Hep B. Just pick one and read it thoroughly. And if you can feel good about giving your child that vaccine based off of a, a risk benefit analysis of reading that insert you know, that I guess good on you, but that's the problem is that there aren't a lot of people doing the work that they should be doing. And for him to get onto this mega platform and sort of stand with us is going to be a huge draw for a lot of voters. I will also say that he takes this position on things other than just vaccines. He talks about other big public health issues that seem to be other elephants in the room, tap water, water quality in general, whether that's lakes, rivers, streams. He talks about our food and GMOs and pesticides. So it's not just this one thing. He is tackling or working to tackle all of these issues that a lot of people have been screaming and shouting and waving their hands, you know, frantically in the air being like, why is this the way that it is? We need somebody who cares about these actual real life things that touch our individual households, right? Like, yes, world peace is important and no conflict and inflation and taxes. And yes, all of those things are very important, but he recognizes that there is an absolute attack happening primarily on our children. I mean, it does happen to us as adults, but it has increased in the things that now our children have to be exposed to and what they experience. And he's really, he's talking about those things and he's formulating plans on how to fix those things. And that's going to be a massive draw for a lot of people. And I think it's going to draw a lot of Republicans or conservatives because here's the thing. When you hear him talk, he is what I imagine and what I think a lot of people would agree is the old Democratic Party. In fact, I would probably even say that based off of the things that he talks about and, you know, limited government and, you know, more power in the people's hands than in the government. He's He's actually a conservative. Um, He holds conservative values, meaning just those things like, yes, your country is important, but it's run by the people, not the government. Um, I'm not sure about his faith, but I, I think that he is at minimum, you know, that, that, that good person, that golden rule, right. Do right by your neighbor. And obviously we see that through his family with their philanthropic efforts and charity events and and programs that they have established and run over the years. And family, obviously, is important to him. He's married. He has children. He wants to have them be successful. And he's really advocating for us. So I hear him talk and I think, oh, these are a lot of what I consider to be conservative values. He just happens to be in the Democratic Party. And again, I think that that is the old Democratic Party. I don't think that he has necessarily left the party, right? He hasn't swung and changed his party affiliation to Republican. But I think that the Democratic Party has gone so far left, so progressive, 
so out of bounds that that by the nature of things has almost left him, you know, more, more center, right. Or maybe even more right leaning than this totally liberal democratic idea. So when he was on the Joe Rogan show, he obviously talked a lot about, he talked about parts of his childhood and sort of how he has gotten involved in the things that he's gotten involved in. Now we all need to remember that he's a lawyer. So somebody that knows the law knows what they can and cannot say, right? If you're going to go on and you are going to absolutely slander someone, you know, libel, all of those legal things to make accusations or baseless claims that could potentially harm someone's reputation to the tune that they will not be able to make money in the future, right? You can't, you can't do that. So he knows, he knows the law and the things that he says, no one is suing him. He's not in court battles across the country based off of the things that he has said or the stories that he has told about his interactions with people like Tony Fauci, like Paul Offit, like Peter Hotez. So these people that are very much entrenched in the vaccine industry, he tells the stories about not being able to get information from them, asking for documentation and data and studies and research that support their position. And they're always empty handed. They can't support their own side of the argument. And I always think that that is so incredibly telling. We really have to take a step back and look at that. Look at the importance of that. What, first of all, why on earth would anyone need to make up that sort of a story? Kennedy doesn't need that. He doesn't need to downplay other people in order to sort of build himself up, right? He already has his reputation. He's been a successful lawyer. He's working in the environmental fields in multiple causes. He doesn't need that, first and foremost. So what does it do for him to go on the Rogan show and tell these stories or write a book about Anthony Fauci. So we should probably, and not probably, we should believe everything that he is saying. And if you're somebody that looks at him with skepticism, okay, sure. We can always look at someone's maybe ulterior motives. Maybe he's been building up to this presidency. He's trying to build credibility. He's this, that, or the other thing. Okay, fine. If we want to put a little bit of ulterior motive behind what he's doing, I guess, just to play devil's advocate. But other than that, what purpose does that serve? What purpose does that serve for him to then be lambasted in the media? He's now, he himself is called an anti-vaxxer. And Joe Rogan actually brings this up at the very beginning of the show. And I love, again, Rogan's ability to look at himself and go, eep, I was one of those guys. I was one of those guys. You were a kooky conspiracy theorist. You're an anti-vaxxer. And all I knew about you was your family legacy 
and clickbait headlines. That's it. And I, and Joe Rogan sort of is like, you know, I admit it. I didn't know what to believe of what you said. Like, how does this guy, why, why is he over here talking all this crazy stuff, this conspiracy theories, conspiracy theory stuff, right? And then I think that through this process of these last few years, it has sort of to sort of dawned on Joe Rogan that like, ooh, the people calling everyone a conspiracy theorist are really only doing that to sort of shut down the conversation. The people calling people anti-vaxxers are really only doing that to shut down the conversation. Like, I should probably find out what this guy is all about and have a conversation with him and do a little bit more research. And so that's what Joe did. And then kind of as the story goes, I guess they ran into somewhere publicly and had a chat and sort of got to know each other, I guess, more on like a personal level, became familiar with one another. And then ultimately now he's been on the show. So he talks very, very candidly and very openly about childhood vaccines. And again, he has no reason to lie. And if he were to be lying, he could be held legally responsible. I, again, I cannot impress upon you if you are somebody who just wants to be armed with more education and more knowledge. If you are like me and you, it's not even a secret, like we all, even though we make decisions in our hearts and in our souls that we know are the best decisions for our children, it always feels good when somebody of such intelligence and education and who's well-spoken and who has done the research also sort of is in your corner, right? It's that validation. And I think that that is human. And I don't know that we'll ever not need that, but gosh, like that just is, it does. It feels good to be like, I'm, I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for listening to myself and for trusting my intuition and then taking it a step further and investing the time and the energy and the resources to do the research. And then the icing on the cake is to stand so firm in that conviction, whether or not you had, you know, if you had a hospital birth, that's to say, hey, no vitamin K, no hepatitis B, right, that are given immediately after that baby is born. And then subsequently, if you chose to take your child to well visits, how to every time you would have to engage in that conversation with that pediatrician about, no, we are abstaining from vaccines. And then the school system, every time you go, every year, you've got to submit something to have, you know, the, the records show that, that we abstain from vaccination. So no, I'm not doing this. All these constant sort of interferences that could make you buckle or make you succumb to the pressure and that you didn't. And then you have somebody like this being like, yeah, kudos. It it does. It just feels good. So if you need that, listen to this, of course. If you have a friend or a family member that you are, you know, obviously that you love, right? Because every decision that we make as parents is one that we think we are doing the best for our children. And that's, again, something that I always talk to my friends about. If 
we're maybe seeing things a little bit differently. I don't want anything bad to happen to your child. And you probably don't want anything bad to happen to my child. So how are we so far apart? How do I think this is what's best for mine? And how do you think that what you're doing is best for, for your child? How, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big discrepancy. So having somebody else that can explain that and provide the evidence and provide the statistical data is very compelling. And I would hope that we are all mature enough as adults and as parents to hear this information and say, ooh, I, I, I think I need to look at this. It's not even about trusting this individual. It's not even about taking his word as truth, although I know that it's the truth. But it goes, it goes beyond that. It goes to, okay, he's said in the interview what studies these are. Go, go look at the studies, go read them, go read the vaccine inserts. Let's start that process so that you can ensure that you are in fact making the right decision for your child. Amongst his dialogue with Rogan, he sort of talks about how this whole thing came to be. He was obviously very involved in environmental issues, dealing with those on a legal basis day in and day out for his legal career. And he ended up encountering moms in these group of women that were sort of begging him or asking him to kind of look into these vaccines. And, you know, ultimately he did through multiple, I think, interactions and Something he said to Rogan was, if a woman tells you something about her child, you need to listen. And I have goosebumps now saying it, and I had goosebumps then when I listened to it, because that is so true. It's so incredibly true. Women and mothers, we know our babies probably better than we know ourselves. We know every little freckle on their body. We can, you know, if you're in a crowded store and there are multiple kids, you can pick out your kid's voice saying mom or mommy out of this sea of children. You know, your kids cry. You can tell when something is off. And for so many years and still, even to this day, still parents reports of what has happened to their children after receiving vaccines, they are not being heard. They are not being heard. And whether that is from a friend or a family member or your pediatrician, people are choosing to not listen. And he nailed it. He hit the nail on the head when he said that statement because it's incredibly true and it's powerful. And I think he had that personal epiphany himself, which then was sort of this Pandora's box opening and him going, okay, I've, I've got to start kind of looking into this because of course his platform is safety. It isn't about more government regulation and it isn't about, well, I guess maybe ultimately there's, there's discovery of corruption along the way, but 
it, from from what you glean from him talking, that's not what he sets out to do. He sets out to solve a problem. And when you find the problem and the cause of the problem, and then you propose the solution and, and you fix it ultimately, and his is ultimately vaccine safety. How do we know these things are safe? And we really don't. We just don't. I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but first I'm going to step away, take a short little break. And when we come back, I'm going to keep talking about that interview, introduce a couple more players to the, to the team, to the whole vaccine conversation. Uh, but first just take a quick little break. I am nurse Beth. You are listening to nurses out loud on America out loud talk radio. It's time and this is The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. 
So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. First half of the show, first half of the show, I was talking about this great interview with RFK Jr. on Joe Rogan, and I am really, really advocating for everybody to go and either listen or watch and listen to this podcast. It was absolutely mind-bending, informative, and educational, and really, really good. And one thing that did come up during this conversation is, again, like I talked about at the top of the show, Joe Rogan does a great job of having counterpoints on his show. Even counterpoints to like maybe what his own personal thoughts would be about an issue. Almost like setting the stage of, if you can prove me wrong, prove me wrong kind of thing. And I love that. Again, I think that that is healthy debate. And he has had on the show a gentleman named, well, I guess he's a doctor. And by the name of Peter Hotez, and I'm familiar with Peter Hotez. And I think if you are at all familiar with the childhood vaccine, sort of, do I call it a movement? I guess I'll call it a movement. Um, You're probably familiar with Peter Hotez. Anyways, Peter Hotez, he's a scientist. (laughs) I love, I love that these days, like somebody that calls themselves a scientist. I just think it's so funny. We've gone from, you know, actually doing science to just junk science to just trusting the science. It's hysterical, but He's a pediatrician, um, advocate in the fields of global health, vaccinology, like that's a big thing for him, um, our vaccines. He is the founding dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine, and he's a professor of pediatrics and molecular virology and microbiology at Baylor College of Medicine. Um, Also at the Baylor College of Medicine, He is the director of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development. So there you go. So he's an advocate for vaccines. And what's interesting is that Rogan had had him on his show before. And I think just in the debate, and if memory serves me correct, he had him on during COVID and during sort of this chatter about the the COVID vaccine. And I think that Joe, well, I don't, I don't want to put like words, but here was my interpretation, I guess is what I'll say. My interpretation of Joe having Peter Hotez on was that, okay, he's a vaccinologist. Like he's going to be able to talk to me about all things COVID vaccine good, bad, ugly, risk, benefit, what it does, how it works, like all the things, right? And I caught pieces of that interview. I really, here is where, here is a flaw of mine. I will just tell you, I will be very, very honest. I have a problem with, if you take an argument or if you take a position and you can't support your position, I have a really hard time engaging in that dialogue or even listening to you. And I know due to past research and the years that I've sort of been looking into this, that Hotez doesn't really have anything. He has the hot button topic, talking points, right? Like safe and effective or 
your kid's going to die of the measles if they don't get the MMR, like all the fear tactics and all of the things that are just those general vaccine jargony things to say versus coming up with actual evidence. And one thing that Rogan talked about with Kennedy was, hey, you know, how come you haven't, how come you haven't like had a debate? Why aren't we debating on these things? These are the things that people, the American people want to hear in an educated dialogue. We're not idiots. We are capable of discerning information and looking at things through a a critical lens, hearing different viewpoints, and then making the determination on which viewpoint uh, aligns with truth or with fiction or with the decision that we are going to make. And to that point, Kennedy brought up something that is a really, really great point. In the court of law, you can have experts in the same field and one can be on the plaintiff's side and one can be on the defendant's side. So you can have, let's let's just say, for example, a medical expert. You can have a medical expert testify for the defendant, and you can have a medical expert testify for the plaintiff. They're both experts. But what that ultimately does is you have to then bring the evidence to support your particular position surrounding your expertise in that field, and then how it applies to that particular case, right? And then ultimately, whether it's a jury trial or, you know, the judge has to decide which side actually had their expert be the expert, right? Like, we can't just say that either everyone's an expert or no one is an expert. It's supported by research, documentation, all all of these things. And then it does get to pick a side. So when we say, well, sure, Robert Kennedy might be an expert, And yes, he's not a physician and he is not a virologist. Okay, that's fine. But he has read, studied, educated himself. And if you want to put him, let's just throw him into that anti-vax category because it's already such a charming label to put on people. And then if you want to say that Peter Hotez is an expert, okay, he's a pediatrician. He's doing all of this. You know, he's in vaccinology. And he's, you know, a professor, all these things. Okay, that's fine too. But Hotez has to bring his documentation just like Kennedy does. Your label doesn't make you an expert. Your title doesn't make you an expert. Where you work doesn't make you an expert. It's all of the things that support your argument and your position are what makes you the expert, really. And so Rogan had asked Kennedy, well, you know, why, why haven't you debated, you know, Hotez about this? I had Hotez on my show and, you know, he couldn't really tell me much. He didn't bring, I asked him to cite these things and, and he couldn't even cite the, the information that he said was what was supporting his position. And Kennedy flat out said, nobody will debate me. I've offered, I've asked, I have said, hey, let's just have a conversation. Let's have a dialogue and nobody will do it. And 
I guess I would just make one more parallel to that is that I find this happens a lot if we want to, again, go to the dichotomy of conservative and liberal and things like gun violence or homicide rates or, you know, Black people being killed by white cops. Like, what do the statistics actually look like? And if you asked a liberal to sit down and have a conversation with you about it and to present their information on, well, why do you think we need to ban all guns? What statistics do you have? What evidence are you bringing to the table to try to either bring me to your side or to convince me that, yes, this is a good idea? They can't do it. I know I have put personally on my social media multiple times for somebody of a different viewpoint than me, perhaps left-leaning, liberal, come on the show with me. Like, let's have an educated conversation. Let's have an adult dialogue. And I can't find anybody to do that. And I think that that's probably similar with Kennedy is that he can't find anyone in the pro-vaccine camp to have a debate with him because they don't have the supporting evidence and documentation for their side of the argument. That doesn't exist. So when Kennedy says to Rogan, I have asked, I have wanted this debate. I have asked for documents from Fauci. I have asked for documents from Paul Offit, who if you don't know who Paul Offit is, you should should look him up as well. And nobody will debate him. And you have to ask yourself why. If you feel so strongly about your position and about what you're doing and this people that are spreading misinformation, if you want to come on and educate everyone else, tell everybody how safe vaccines are, present us with the information and the data, do it. This is your chance. This is your platform. I think Joe Rogan was taken aback by that, to be honest. Because I don't know that that was his answer. I mean, I did tell you that he mentioned to Kennedy, you know, that that he had said or alluded to the pieces of evidence that he has or the studies that document safety or or whatever the, the key topic was. And Rogan asked him to just, oh, tell me what they are. And he couldn't even cite them. And when you listen to this podcast, Kennedy is an absolute encyclopedia of information. He can give you the names of the studies, the years things came out, other talking points that are in this man's memory bank. And yet you have someone on the opposing side of the issue who can't even cite one, two, or three pieces of information that he says are critical to his position. That gives me grounds for skepticism about how, about your side of things. I don't know that I'm going to necessarily buy in. This should be, you should be so passionate about your position. 
You should live it. You should breathe it. You should be able to have this conversation at any given moment in time. It actually should not take much preparation. If somebody comes up to you on the street and engages in dialogue with you, you should be able to give them this information off the cuff because it is so ingrained. And that is how Kennedy presents himself. He is really, he he is truly an expert on the subject. So again, it's not your medical degree. It's not your PhD. It's not your alma mater. It isn't any of those things. It is the knowledge that you have actually armed yourself with and whether or not that knowledge is rooted in fact. And Kennedy has done, has done that. So on the, on the Twitters, on the Twitters, Joe Rogan went ahead and put out a tweet that basically said, like, I'll put up $100,000 to see a debate between Kennedy and Hotez. And he kind of called, kind of called Hotez out. And was like, let's go. Like, let's do this. Like, why wouldn't you? That is the question. Why wouldn't you? If you want to make this guy look silly, if you want to prove your point, do the debate. It should be light work for you based off of your resume. And then he responded to Joe Rogan with this no answer answer, basically saying, no, he wasn't going to do it saying to Joe Rogan, hey, you've got my cell, you've got my email, like, give me a call, basically. Like, hey, if you want to talk about this, like, I'm happy to talk to you about it, but in no way, shape, or form addressed the issue of having a debate with Kennedy. Which again, why wouldn't you? You're the expert. You're the doctor. You know all the things. You've been accusing people of being anti-vaxxers and misinformation spreaders, and yet you won't even come on and defend your position. So in response to that particular tweet, a gentleman named Steve Kirsch enters the chat. And again, if you're not familiar with Steve Kirsch, I highly encourage you to familiarize yourself with him. Steve Kirsch is an entrepreneur by nature. Um, He has started several companies. Um, He's kind of co-invented some things. Uh, He's a philanthropist. And he had a real kind of personal epiphany and breakthrough during the COVID pandemic. And in fact, he himself has become a skeptic of the vaccine industry in whole and sort of as a result of the COVID uh, vaccine that came out and he received the COVID vaccine. So here, let me just kind of, let me just kind of squirrel over here for a second. I find it very, very interesting and very telling of someone's ability to demonstrate high levels of common sense and critical thinking when they, in fact, themselves have participated in something and then have an about face, like Steve Kirsch has. That takes a lot. It takes a lot of self-reflection, humility, putting that ego aside. You know, he's not even really one that I would say is like angry or bitter about it. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
stop the presses. What are we doing? Sort of shining this spotlight on everything and really calling it out, having been someone that decided to get, you know, the vaccine himself based off of all of the things that we had been told, right? All of the same narratives parroted throughout the media. I'm sure in his sort of more upper echelon circles, I would say, you know, all of those things that were not really rooted in fact, but more so rooted in gaslighting and manipulation. And it's actually really funny because if you go to Steve Kirsch on Wikipedia, it is hysterical because they have an entire section just on COVID-19. And he talks about um, doing, it talks about doing some research. He looked into some sort of alternate treatments for COVID-19. He he did a study. Um, let's see here. Looks at different drugs and looking at the effectiveness of them. And then it goes down and it says vaccine misinformation. Again, hysterical. Like I hope we are all at the place where if you see the term anti-vaxxer and misinformation, you are obviously, and you are taking the opposite stance because you should be. It is such, I don't know, it's just ignorance at this juncture to still be using labels like that to classify somebody when they are more than likely probably correct about the information that they are talking about. But under his vaccine misinformation tab on his Wikipedia page, talks about how in May of 2021, Kirsch posted an article online claiming that the COVID-19 vaccines affected fertility. Hmm. Interesting. That was May of 2021. And now what are we seeing? Well, we saw all of those stillbirths in women who received the vaccine while they were pregnant. We are showing incredibly increased risks in miscarriages. We're also seeing men who received it. There are now studies out that are showing that sperm has been replaced by spike protein. So, ooh, yeah, that is a direct result. And that is a direct attack on fertility. So it looks like Steve was not only onto something then, but he is actually correct. He also, it also says that part of his misinformation was underplaying the vaccine's ability to prevent illness and death. Um, again, hysterical because the vaccine does neither. It doesn't prevent illness. And if anything else, it doesn't prevent deaths. It's even maybe, as I think we're seeing, potentially leading to deaths, not from COVID-19, but we're seeing heart attacks, strokes, things that are adding up to more deaths. So the reason why I bring up Steve Kirsch is because he himself has also worked on trying to debate some people. And again, nobody will take up his offer to debate anyone. So when these tweets went out by Joe Rogan to encourage a debate between Hotez and Kennedy, Kerr saw it and said, I'm going to up the ante on that. 
I'm going to raise this to $600,000 to see this debate and to watch this unfold. And it's crickets. It's absolutely crickets. In fact, well, it's the opposite of crickets. Actually, Peter Hotez then went on and deleted a pretty scandalous tweet talking about all of this vaccine misinformation and things. And then Rogan calls him out about it. So there is so much, again, I think like coming to the surface. This is, we we have a presidential candidate who is stepping out boldly, talking about all of these things on platforms that reach millions of people. Rogan's podcast has not been deplatformed. He's not self-censoring. He is letting his guests run. They get the floor when they come on that show. And it's almost like there's no topic that's off limits. He's not afraid. Rogan's not afraid of being canceled and he's not afraid of his viewership decreasing because it's not, it's not going anywhere because for every one seed, right. That's planted. We then go out and spread more of those seeds. I, however many people I reach on this platform, you know, even if a couple of those people are curious, are interested, heed my advice, are wanting to arm themselves with more knowledge about all of these subjects, and they go and listen to it, like, amazing. It's going to spread like wildfire, this information. And it should also, again, be very telling to us about those people that are unwilling to engage in dialogue about the subject matter. What what are you afraid of? Why can you not equally, you know, stand equally as bold in your convictions as Kennedy is standing in his, armed with his knowledge and his information? What is it that you are lacking? What are you unwilling to present to to the public? Because again, if you're going to be so emphatic about your position, my goal you know, ultimately, if I'm going to scream at you that the sky is green and no, you're telling me the sky is blue. Well, I know I'm going to come and I am going to bring every ounce of information that I have to prove to you that the sky is green. I'm not going to back down from that conversation. I'm going to face it head on. If that is truly not only how I feel, because that is the, 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 like, statement of the centuries surrounding every hot button topic is that it has more to do with how people feel than what is actually rooted in fact. But if coupled with how I feel, I bring all of the evidence to the table that demonstrates the sky is green. I am going to have that debate. I'm going to have that conversation boldly. And we should be very, very leery of people that are not willing to do that. And it should it should spur us to dig deeper. We owe it to our children to dig as deep as we possibly can when it comes to things like this. 
And in addition to the vaccines, and I'll just talk about it real briefly, because obviously the vaccine is my, it's my passion. It is the thing that I have sort of, it, it is the absolute hill that I will die on. And it is the one thing that I, I'm just really proud. I am proud of the conversations that I have with other parents about sort of the encouragement that I've given to other people about reading and just question asking. And of course, the decisions that I've made for my son. But Kennedy brings up so many other incredible points that look at things that are negatively impacting our kids, you know, whether that be food dyes and chemicals in our food and seed oils in our food and Monsanto and the spraying of Roundup on all of our food and how that then gets into the water. He talks about atrazine in the water. And if you're not familiar with atrazine, that it's it's an, an, a pesticide or an herbicide and it gets into the water. And the study that they looked at with frogs was that male frogs exposed to atrazine over long periods of time, their sex hormones actually changed into female sex hormones. And those female frogs then were able to reproduce as females. Um, Terrifying. Okay. So while yes, we're not frogs, but can we really do this test ethically and morally and legally on humans? No, but this should be concerning to everybody. He uses the frame, our kids are either swimming or living. It doesn't really matter which one, but they are in this toxic soup. They are in an absolute toxic soup environment. And what are we going to do to work to get them out of that? And Joe Rogan specifically asks him, sort of what are you going to do? What can you do? What are your plans for your presidency to fix some of these really huge, really obvious issues? You know, the ones that you've sort of spelled out, the laws that you've talked about, what are you going to do? And Kennedy is, Kennedy is capable of answering, which I love. Oftentimes we get sort of these roundabout answers from politicians or you know, answers that leave a lot to be sort of interpreted. And he really presents it all beautifully and tactfully. And you can tell that he has been doing a lot of thinking about this. And this is not something that he is obviously taking lightly, which I don't think anybody would take running for president lightly, especially with his family history and things. But it's it's refreshing to say the least. It is it is really refreshing to see someone who is advocating so incredibly hard for our children. And as a mother that has done that, it feels it feels really good to look at someone who you start to think, okay, maybe this person could get in there and make some of these important changes. So again, I would encourage you to go and listen to that podcast, take notes and pass it along to other people and, you know, just, just take it all in and learn and continue to educate yourself from an incredibly well-versed 
expert on the subject matter. And with that, that is all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily where no topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and It's time.